my fire nerds. We have made it to the final episode of season one. Can you believe it? I know I can't. Thank you for joining me on this wild ride, but it ain't over yet. Here is the final keeping it real for the season. I'm still teaching, a little bit bitter, and I'm pretty tired. So I think I'll just jump into the main event of this episode because in spite of how tired I am, I am very excited for you to listen to the second half of my conversation with Dr. Feyerabend about his first steps in music for infants and toddlers curriculum. All right, so we're here again with Dr. Feyerabend talking about music with the littlest of littles. Thank you again, Dr. Feyerabend, for My being pleasure. here. Um, let's just kick off with, an, uh, you talked about this in, in the last episode, but a general outline of what the infant-toddler curriculum is. We know where it came from right. now. Well, in my interest in collecting the music of our country, it's songs and rhymes that people remembered that had to do with playing with babies in the first year of life. And they ended up in these categories, bounces, wiggles, tickles, tapping, clapping, simple songs, lullabies. And I organized into a half-hour lesson, let me just share this repertoire with parents. The way it would have happened naturally would it be at a, at, at a moment, a parent would be comforting a, a baby that's a little upset with a song or a rhyme. The parents needed to learn the repertoire that they could use to comfort a baby with a song or a rhyme. So the classes were pretty straightforward that it was just about teaching repertoire. There is no other literacy or, right. you know, it's, this is just... Are the children being exposed to a wide vocabulary, different meters, different tonalities, authentic literature? And of course, it has to be artful. There has to be something in it that is expressive and uh, evokes a shiny eye response from the child because there's wonder or make-believe or magic in these songs and rhymes. That wasn't hard to do because these people that we collected the songs from, they provided us with literature that was all full of make-believe magic and wonder. These pieces survived because of the magic they brought to children. Um, As opposed to a song or a rhyme that might just have words without any make-believe in it, bouncing, bouncing on my knee, bouncing all day long, bouncing, bouncing on my knee, don't you like my song? Hey. (laughs) So, yes, you could do that. Look, I'm bouncing the beat. I'm musically helping this child develop beat. Yeah, but you're not looking at the big picture. That's why we have three words, tuneful, beatful, and artful. Right, not tuneful, beatful, utilitarian. Utilitarian. (laughs) So the artful part is, in the child's world, the make-believe evokes expression. It evokes emotions. So it has to have this sort of make-believe quality, which happened. I didn't have to make that happen. It happened. You're putting a horseshoe on a horse and tapping on the bottom of the baby's foot. You're make-believing. You're wiggling fingers and they're pigs. Um, You're playing patty cake. You're making a cake and you're rolling it and you're, you know, all of these things were just right on excellent examples of literature for this age to evoke artful and tuneful, beatful responses. So putting it together in the half hour, you think of the parents. I used to say often in the classes, I'm not here teaching the children. I'm teaching the parents. Sometimes the parents need to understand that. They think they're waiting for me to teach their babies. And yes, of course, we interact with the babies because I'm modeling for them. Watch me interact with your child. And now you do that. Now you do this. That's the point. I'm showing you how to do this. So eventually the parents get into the whole thing. And then it's just good pedagogy. If you think of teaching a kindergarten class, 
repetition is going to become important. So we have this little phrase I use, repetitia mater scolorum, which is repetition is the mother of knowledge. And I had to play with this for a couple of years to sort of make up a formula that would work. Um, you know, it isn't 100% accurate, this formula, but this formula was close enough that if people would learn this formula, there's a pretty good chance the parents were going to learn these songs. Right. And I made up this formula called the 4x4 four four formula. Four four. And the 4x4 four four formula simply was, if I'm going to do a song today in class, a little rhyme, ride a cock horse to Banbury Cross to see a kind lady upon a white horse, rings on her fingers and bells on her toes, she shall have music wherever she goes. All right, now I just did it once. Is that enough? No, I think I should have to repeat it. How many times do I need to repeat it? Well, frankly, if I could repeat it 10 times, that would be a good thing. Right. But four seemed to be for the parents mm -hmm. about the right amount for today. Like saturation for provided the Provided I could bring it back in a future lesson and do it four times again and then bring it back in a future lesson and do it four times again. And then the fourth time I brought it back, I would expect the parents to know it. I would probably do it four times in the fourth lesson as well, but by then, I'm not usually saying it to the parents. I'm usually starting it and seeing that the parents have learned it. Right. Because my job in those classes, as I say, I'm not teaching the children, I'm teaching the parents. Exactly. And I want to know, before they leave my little 12-week class, <laughs> that you have learned this repertoire right. and not just enjoyed it for half an hour, but it has become a part of your life with your child. So by using the 4x4 four four formula, I think 16 repetitions is a good amount of time sure. for an average 30-year-old to remember a song or a rhyme. It might be five by five for some. It might yeah. be three by three. Like it might be, so there's nothing it's a magic. Great guideline. It's just a good guideline that you go plus or minus two right. or three. I don't right. know. But it's a general. It works for most parents with this four by four. You mentioned also one time how that evolves into older lessons. Yeah, I was just and gonna it's, say. The repetition concept sticks. Mm -hmm. You still need to have a certain amount of repetition, but the teacher needs to be able to form judgments as is this enough repetition yes. or do I need more repetition? Yes. And your kids have become more tuneful, beautiful, and artful, they, hopefully. Yes, if you begin this in kindergarten, you'll see that when I'm doing the simple songs, the number of repetitions it takes before they can sing it without any help might be three or four lessons. Right. But the second year of doing First Steps in Music, now that they're in first grade, most children are ready to sing by the third lesson because right. this, the, the approach is designed in a way to strengthen neural processing. Yeah, they've of gotten tune. better. And they've gotten better yep. at, at learning tune. Yeah. So the repetition is what helps them get better at learning tune. There's another part of repetition that's important in these lessons, and that is for the child's enjoyment, which is very important. Mm -hmm. We don't just want them to be learning words and rhythms and melodies, but words, melodies, rhythms, and artfulness, expressiveness, where the shiny eyes happen because they're enjoying it. You know, when I'm doing a little uh, bouncing rhyme with a child, um, Ride a little horsey down to town. You better be careful so you don't fall down. And on the down, you lay them back <laughs> right, gently right. or you spread your legs part. and let them, if they're older, you might pretend to drop them between your legs. And the first time you do that, they like, eyes get wide and they go, well, what the hell was that? <laughs> you know, they're not talking yet, but they're going, whoa. I and really hope the baby is not saying, <laughs> saying that. that. And then the second time you'll, you'll <laughs> ride a little horsey down to town. You better be careful so you don't fall down. And the baby goes, okay, I kind of was right. expecting it. Anticipating. And the third and fourth time, you see their eyes start to shine. Mm -hmm. And that's what you're after. So now, I just did it four times in this lesson. They're finally, their eyes are starting to shine. And now what if I say, well, that's it. I'm never going to do it again. <laughs> well, they've just gotten to the point where it's, it's, it's having the effect that yes. you're after. So you have to bring it back in a future lesson. This is a parent-child conflict. The parents have said to me, well, you did that last week. 
Mm-hmm. And I go, yes, yes. <laughs> and then you have to explain to the parents, well, this importance of repetition, because once the child is familiar with it, it has the most benefit. Absolutely. When it's unfamiliar, they're waiting to acquire it. They're listening. Yeah. They're they're struggling. Taking they're not, it in. They're taking. Yeah. Once it's familiar, they get the 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 art of it. So the four lesson thing is you bring it back in the second lesson and the third lesson and they go, oh, goody, I like, I remember this one. This is one I like to do. (laughs) So you say to the parents, there's a certain amount of repetition that's needed. Sometimes I have to make the analogy to piano lessons. In a piano lesson, you don't get a new piece every week. Right. You have various pieces at various stages of development. Some are new. Maybe one piece is new this week while you're finishing up one from the last two weeks. And then one, let's play that one from last year you did in your recital to end the lesson today. Right. You know, So it's the same with this repertoire. Some of it is going to be new in today's lesson. Some of it's been done for two or three lessons, and we're nearing the end of it. And so let's just do that one that we did last fall for the yes. joy. Because that was one of your favorites. Absolutely. And th- there's nothing wrong with let's do one of your favorites. It's all about developing. Yeah, have you ever met a kid saying again, again, again yes, a million exactly. times? I, I think. You've said this in the past, but you really have to educate your parents. This is not a half-hour concert. I'm teaching you all something. Yes. You know, it's not like I'm shoving broccoli into your mouth. You know, I'm teaching you something so crucial for you to do with your child at home. And, you know, recently Connie Greenwood has made a parent handbook yes. that is GIA sells. And it's, it's really critical that you be proactive with parents Absolutely. of this age. Must. The parents need to know up front here's what these classes are about, here are the expectations for you, here are the expectations for your child, and, and then the parents will be on board. Absolutely, You don't want to be reactive. Mm-hmm. You don't want to say, please don't sing right now, it's my turn to sing. Uh, please don't talk to each other while we're in class, <laughs> right, while I'm right, in the right. middle of class. Please get your child off of me, he's poking me in the face while I'm singing my <laughs> song tale. Please. But all of that's in the parent handbook, expectations. Yep. Uh, if your child wanders away, let them wander away, it's invite okay. them back. If they interfere with the teacher or other children, then invite them back. If they have a tantrum, Take them out to the hallway till they're calm. Come break. back in. Try not to talk to the other parents during class. There'll be time for that before and after class. And you say all that, that's proactive. Absolutely. And important. that way they go, okay, now I see what the rules are and I'll play by the rules. But if you don't give them the rules and you start correcting in class, well, you're just going to lose them. They're going to be offended. How dare you insult me? Right. I'm a good parent. What do you mean I'm doing something <laughs> wrong? Yeah, parents, we're always feeling that guilty burden. So if, if anything even hints at, like, we're not doing something right. And I think... I haven't talked about this in so long, but my dissertation study talked about what are the things we can do to affect change at home with amount of musical interactions, right? And one of the things was how much will a little course of education, if at all, change the amount of music making at home? So if I do a little bit of music education, and that was like I had one group that came in for classes and they got a newsletter that every week just said a couple things. Here are some things you can do. Here the and then one group just got the newsletter. And, um, and in all cases, as you would imagine, it increased. Uh, there was also some lo- looking at self concept, musical self concept, on the part of the parents, and could we change that? But the thing that I really took away was it only took a little bit of saying to the parents, "Do this," <laughs> you know. I think parents, I don't think, I know, we are looking for someone to tell us what to do in the, well, in everything. But when you have an expert who comes to you and says, hey, all you have to do is just, you know, go ahead and listen, you can listen, but pick up your kid 
while you're listening to music and dance around with your kid. Sing a song. Nobody's listening but you and your kid. It's Do you know what I mean? Yes, Those yes. things made a huge difference. And when you're teaching a class and you say that, as you say, in a proactive way, boy, I just think some exponential things will begin to happen. Well, you make me think that public schools often have a web page for the school. Mm -hmm. Music teachers might have a place on that web page to post things. I think it wouldn't hurt if the music teacher does or does not have these after-school classes for parents and children. They still could be posting things. They could post an article from the FAME website on music and intelligence where the parents in your school district can learn more about the science behind music developing the mind and why not put up some songs and rhymes to say hey if any of you have babies at home here's some songs and rhymes to do with babies so you didn't even have to have a class on Wednesday after school you still can provide the repertoire and let parents know there are songs and rhymes that they could be doing at home right now there's There's another great program that this reminds me of we have in Connecticut I'm sure it comes from Ohio I think it's called parents as teachers Hmm. Um, and Lily's school Uh, had this program. I guess schools can choose to adopt this program or not. And the concept is elementary public schools provide once a month meeting for parents of children that are not yet in public school to give them advice of things that should happen at home in the years leading up to kindergarten. I went once a year and gave the music talk sometime in November to the parents of the Canton Public Schools in Connecticut. And I know that there are other school districts that use this parents as teachers. There are more dimensions to parents as teachers than I'm explaining. Sure. They have early intervention. Some of the people go into the home to see what you're doing with your one-year-old and offer advice and suggestions and might leave a pamphlet with songs and rhymes and things that you could do. But again, I think teachers, it wouldn't hurt if they could look into their communities to see if there is such a program in their area and volunteer. Say, well, would you like to have a lecture on early childhood on music? Yeah, and, I'll come do and it. And I promise you they will just leap at yeah. that chance. We have something called Parent Academy at, in my district. I wonder if they look into the community. It seems more for the like the kids who are currently in school, but I'm going to look into that. Yeah, it's for the parents in the community that have children that will come to school in the next five years but are not of school age yet. I think it's brilliant. It's a great idea. All right, so talk me through what a half-hour infant-toddler class might look like. All right. Now, the basic part of it, of course, are just teaching the repertoire. So we play the games, and we roll the balls with the children. We get up, and we do Ring Around the Rosie. And I like to put some classical music in, so we usually dance in each lesson with a little bit of classical music. Um, And that part of the lesson is 25 minutes long at the most. You know, it's uh, one-year-olds don't sit in a circle for much more than 25 minutes. And I added something at the beginning and the end. I have these bookends. At the beginning, when they first come in, you know, they're going to arrive staggered. Yes. Uh, I I don't like And then there's like diaper changes and fussy And there's diaper changes. You got to get their coats off and their boots and their mittens. uh, (laughs) They have to finish the bottle and all of that. Yes. Dang kids. So I put in a 15-minute break between the classes that I call play, music play, or sometimes music playground. I have things scattered around the room. Many of these infant toddlers especially, they're not walking yet. Some of them are just laying there. (laughs) They're just three months old. They're just laying there. Uh, But as they're a little older and they're starting to scoot around the room and stuff, they scoot around to these rhythm instruments or tambourines or whatever. And I suggest to the parents during playtime that they watch the child for any repetitive movement that the child might do. So if the child reaches over and grabs a stick and just starts hitting it, 
that they could say a song or a rhyme along with that. So if they start saying Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall, Humpty Dumpty had a great fall, and then the baby will stop. You know, the baby's not going to go from the beginning to the end. They'll just do it for a few minutes. Sometimes they throw the stick up in the air and they crawl over to something Eat else. It. And then they start hitting a tambourine with their hand, and you can continue. All the king's horses and all the king's men, or whatever the rhyme is. But I suggest to the parents that during this playtime, it's for the child to explore their interest, their curiosity, but any repetitive movement chant along with the child's repetitive yes. movement. And that helps form the connection between the sound and the feel of the beat. So we use that first 15 minutes as the buffer as people are arriving, and then clean up. You know, everything has to get put away. If I'm going to have a class where the parents are sitting on the floor in a circle and any of that stuff is still sitting around, it's too tempting yes. to a one-year-old. They're no, going to no, no, no. scoot over and get that, whatever. So clean up. We have laundry baskets. Everything goes in the laundry baskets. And I put it in a cupboard and shut, shut and lock the cupboard. Yes. So during the half hour, they can't wander over and open the door <laughs> and start doing all that. So the bookend, we have... Playtime. And then we have the lesson, maybe 25 minutes for infants and toddlers. As the kids get to be three and four, I sometimes extend that to 40 minutes. So I can do more time with slightly older children. Right, right. But these little children, I think 25 is plenty. And then it ends with the other bookend. The ending is library. Now, I don't think a lot of people are going to want to do the library part, but it has been a great addition to the program. I simply buy things that I think are appropriate for that age child. And they're in these uh, little, I have a rack with these hanging bags. Yeah, the plastic Yeah, the little plastic things. Right. So I, I'll put a wood block and a mallet in one. But the thing to do with this woodblock and mallet is you want to show the parent they're going to take it home for the week what are they going to do with it right exactly so i put so a poem to... in i yeah. you know i on a little three by five card it says um hickory dickory dock the mouse ran up the clock and so the idea is here again i'm showing the parent let the kid hit on the woodblock and yeah. you support yeah. it with hickory dickory dock and then they bring it back and oh we had so much fun with hickory dickory dock this week they return it when they arrive during mm -hmm. playtime and at the end of the this this week's lesson they might go over and pick up the sand blocks and inside of there there is a little 3 by 5 card saying engine engine number 9 so cuz it sounds like shh 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 right. shh so one of the things they can take out at library are rhythm instruments, and I show them how to do a repetitive motion with a song or a rhyme. Especially in the infant and toddler classes, these are going to be newish parents, or at least new to the program. So I think extra background is good for them. So there's a public television documentary I did back in the 90s called Music and Intelligence in the Early Years. It's only half an hour long, and I have several copies of that. So if the parents are new to the program, I suggest when you have a chance, try to take that one out and watch it. Where can you get that? Uh, GIA sells it. Okay. I, I think that particular DVD is great because it gives in a half hour all this heady science stuff. Right. And instead of me talking about Ed Gordon's music aptitude testing, it's Ed Gordon himself talking yes. about aptitude testing. Instead of me talking about the National Association of Music Education, the president of the National Association is talking about the importance of early childhood. Instead of me talking about Howard Gardner's theory of multiple intelligences, we went to Harvard, and you see Howard Gardner talking right. about multiple Those intelligences. Those guys know some stuff. So I think this half hour is another thing in the library that's very handy uh, to check out. I made a CD for classical music movement on the beat called Keeping the Beat. We have a few copies of that as well. A parent can take that home for the week. And we just, they have learned in class, when I use a piece of classical music, a variety of things to play with their child, to, to walk around in a circle, to tap on their back, to swing them, to tap on their feet, to all these things. And so here, take the CD home and dance with your baby this Let's week. Let's do this at home. So absolutely. So the, the lending library is a really neat way of saying, look, it's not just half an hour once a week. It's ongoing. 
that not only are you going to get a half hour's worth of good songs and rhymes, but you're going to take something home that will continue developing your music during the week as well. I think another thing that's really important is that most of these parents, most, can't read notation. Right. And I would like to help them remember these songs and rhymes, especially early in the semester if I've just done something for the first time. So I used to write up word sheets for all of them. That would be the first day of class. Here are all the songs and rhymes we're going to do the next 10, 12 weeks. And so if you forget any of the words, you can check it out. And I thought that was handy, but it didn't help with the tune. Okay. A lot of parents back then, it was a big deal in the 80s. Hello. <laughs> Fisher-Price cassette tape oh. recorders, these little brown... <laughs> indestructible right, tape right, recorders. Right. And I think every parent brought one to class. And really? they would all press the record button and record the half hour. And they would tell me, well, we play it in the car. Yeah. And we redo the songs and we sing the songs. And we, it just keeps me reminded. And I went, that's what they need recordings. They need to be reminded of the tune. They can't read notation. Mm -hmm. So then I made recordings. And so after I selected the, my favorite songs for the music in my first year classes, we recorded them. And I give the first lesson, every parent a CD, so that they can hear the tunes. And also in the CD is a little booklet that has all, it's my word uh, sheets again. So the word sheets, the directions are all in this little CD. And I think that has helped. It's not just half an hour once a week, but it's half an hour once a week. And here's my at-home follow-up Are you stuff. talking about the, the actual D, uh, CDs? Like round and round the garden. Yes. And those are now available iTunes I think and on Spotify iTunes. Yeah, I think and all are. that jazz. Yeah. And if you don't give it to them, I built it into the price of the tuition right, exactly. so that everybody has the CD. But if you don't, you can at least refer them to those that would want to buy it. I'm always afraid they'll get home and they'll have had 16 other sure. things on their mind no, by no, the time they get home. No, no, you're absolutely right. I would just as soon right. hand it to them. Yeah, but now, but now you're dealing with an era in which... CDs are almost becoming yeah, irrelevant. Yeah, so not not terribly. I, no, no, I agree. But thanks, Apple, for Look. not having a drive on your computer anymore. But I was going to ask you, would you still encourage people to allow parents to tape the classes? I don't mind. No. Yeah. Um, it's not going to be the greatest fidelity. No, it's not gonna, if it's just you're for... You're going to hear I kids mean, making noise in the background. I do this when I go to and... voice therapy. with my When my therapist is teaching me warm-ups I just record instead of writing down I realize what I, why idea. don't I just do this and then I just do it in the car I right. do it along with her so I made these CDs to give to the parents so that they could remember when they go home and at first they were in the lending library also well hmm. maybe you'd like to take them home and then I just started it was part of the class everybody got one but again they were based on the lessons I put together and they would be the ones you would see in the infant first steps in music for infants and toddlers so those lessons, what I call training wheels. But in time, you know, a teacher, I'm encouraging a teacher not to, for the rest of their life, follow my used training wheels, but mm -hmm. understand, oh, I see the repetition. I understand how much new, how much old, and start to choose their favorites. We have plenty of other books in my series that they can choose other repertoire from. I'm sure they have family favorites that they can include. So let's use Connie Greenwood again as an example. Sure. Over the years that Tani has been teaching in our First Steps in Music class, she's brought in lots of things that I didn't know, and I love that. Yeah. So my CDs started not being the right CDs for her classes, so she made she her own made CDs. Her own. And that's one of the wonderful things, and let's talk about that. I think if a person's going to offer these kind of classes for parents with babies, that they should at least, if they're not going to follow my lessons and use my CDs, they should make their own CDs. Right. And here's the legality of all of that. Good news. <laughs> We've got good news for you folks. Everything in my books are public, public domain. domain. Everything. 
So there is no copyright problem if you want to use anything in any of my books and record it. Now, that said, there is one thing you cannot do, right. and that is you may not copy recordings and give them to right. the parents. So you couldn't buy the round and round, the you know. No, and dub it. Right. And give away. And oh, I'll just give some of the tracks away. Yes. No, I'm glad you say that because I think that's. That would be illegal. Yes. So don't do that, don't everyone. Do that. So what has Connie done? Bless her heart. She's made her own CDs. And it's not really so hard to do it with GarageBand or something yeah, sure. else on a computer. Um, you just sit down and you sing the, the songs that you're planning to use for these 10 or 12 weeks. And the first day of class, you hand everyone in your class the CD. I would give them a word sheet as well to go along with the CD, but that's what Connie has done. And that way, things are being sung in the correct key. She doesn't have to be thinking on the moment in class of, of whether or not there's background noise interfering or a child is having a tantrum. So I think that's a good idea. Either use the, if you're following my lessons, use my CDs. If you are creating, you're finally far enough along to create your own lessons, then you probably should create your own CDs as well. Sure. And um, just a quick question. What about, so we know that in preschool and beyond years, we have the golden rule, you know, don't sing oh, with the class and or, sing for the class. I mean, not sing with the for class. the class. Yeah. Well, I said it backwards. Um, wh how do you handle that mm -hmm. with the little kids and the parents? I know it's a bit different. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It is different. This is an exception. Yes. This is an exception. So makes sense. These parents with babies, it's not really about singing yet. The, the children are nonverbal. Right. So because they are nonverbal, now the parents are verbal, and mm -hmm. I told you I'm teaching the parents, not the children. So if I was a real stickler, I would stick with, sing for the class, not with the class, and I wouldn't let the parents sing with me, and I would say, now you sing it back, it's your turn. But the parents start mumbling along, and I encourage it, go ahead, do it with me, which is not what I'm going to be doing once the kids are three. Just go ahead and do it with me. But remember, I'm doing it in four lessons. By the third and certainly the fourth lesson, I'm not doing it with them. And I'm giving them more and more. Can you do independence? I want them to be independent of me by the fourth lesson. But I'm not using the sing for the class, not with the class in those classes. I'm allowing the, these parents to feel comfortable and split second saying what I'm doing. So you and don't I, stop them, you I don't? I don't, not okay. those classes. No, it, and I think that's good That's good to know. It's it's kind of one of the first questions people ask. Yeah, but it, I think it's Fire just, Robin's golden rule yeah, and then yeah. I break it. <laughs> right, well, I mean, I think it's a golden rule starting. When the children at, are verbal. Yes, exactly. Once the children are verbal, yeah. you never make verbal sounds but, at the same but time. But also, when you have parents in the class, you know, when you have the parents in the class you don't need to stop them as I would for no, example no. in a first grade class the aides in the classroom you may not sing you know like I've, yeah. I've spoken to the you know I write a letter at the beginning of every year saying let me hey good news you know when you're in the music classroom chill out you don't have to hardly do anything and Please. it's been very well received after years of struggling with how can I tell this person you like which is heartbreaking to me to say, could you not sing? Right. So you're, it's different there it's different. than it is with these parents. Right. I think that's a really important thing And to in know. the infant toddler class, as the children are nonverbal, um, as I said, I'm teaching the parents. These are things you should do with your babies at home. In the preschool and beyond, once the children are verbal, late twos and early three, the parents and children are taught equally. 
if I'm doing an echo song, here's the microphone to the child, here's the microphone to the parent, here's the microphone to the child, here's the microphone to the parent. Mm -hmm. So the parents then serve as role models for their children. And that is when I begin teaching the parents mm -hmm. the correct pedagogy. Sing yep. for the class, not with, no, do not sing right now. Right. So it's once we get to the verbal stage, that rule kicks in. Excellent. I want to take a second and highlight the new DVD Mm. Uh, by Connie. Do you want to talk just a little bit about what that is? Well, yeah, as far as Infants and Toddler goes, yes. um, we were so grateful that we were able to make that DVD. And Connie in that DVD shows the two age groups, the the infants that are non, not, not even walking much right. at that age, and the tenderness of the repertoire and the approach to a one-year-old is mm. different. Yeah. And to see Connie in action who has so much energy. Oh, my word breaking Fitbits left and right. Yeah, I, I'm not, she is exceptional. And that's coming from you. And, and I hope that nobody feels that if they can't meet Connie's energy yes. level that they're a failure. They are not. Well, you know, it's funny. She's, I do want to say something about that. Because I was there when we were recording that. And I was thinking, what a gift she is. Because when I watch her, there might be a moment. Like every once in a while, I'm like, oh, man, I'll never be you know, as good as she is. But there's something about her that's so compelling. It's just a lot of joy. There's a lot of shiny eyes. Yeah, in and I think for me, it's such a nice thing to watch another woman. Let's just you know, and not feel like oh, I'm so terrible compared. I really feel like she's inspiring. You I know, like know. I'm just gonna. I'll never be her, and that's okay. Right. I'm gonna up my game, but I can up what I do. Right. And so I really encourage people to get that DVD, which is called. First, First steps, steps in, in music, music in, in action, action. Infants, and infants and toddlers. With infants and toddlers. So just say that five times fast. <laughs> First steps in music, in action, infants and toddlers. From and what's nice in GIA. that DVD is not only does she show the babies, so you can see the tenderness and the delicate approach and to evoke shiny eyes from a nine-month-old baby, but then there's a second class that she teaches with two-year-olds, and you can see the progression. You can see, oh, now I see what children are two years older, what they're able to do, how they respond differently. Look how, and in both of them, we have that playtime beforehand. Right. You can so you see that in action. see playtime and how a baby is involved in playtime differently than how a two-year-old who's walking around and bouncing on the trampoline and rocking on the horse and sticking with the repeated rhythm for a longer period right. of time. So it's great on that DVD. You can see the developmental differences of playtime. And also on that DVD, a nice feature is that Connie and I do a voiceover. So you can go yes. back and watch it a second time and hear the insights that we are noticing or want you to notice. We'll say, now here do you notice with this child and over there. And we're doing that now because the repetition, this one is the first time they're hearing it. Notice how they react differently than this one because they've heard that for four lessons. And so we give all this insight quietly in the background while you're the second time viewing the DVD. So I think teachers will get an awful lot they, if they've never done this with this age. Absolutely. And they're curious and they're, they're being inspired and they feel, all right, I'd like to give this a try. I think that DVD will, will be the final thing that will get them on Yeah, board. I mean, if uh, I kind of get this question a lot for all three things, infant, toddler, preschool and beyond, conversational soulfish. Where do I start? I have no idea. You know, for here I would say get the first steps in music, infants and toddlers, book, book. Um, I would recommend getting the three CDs Yes, and Connie and this DVD and also the parent handbook. Oh, the parent I handbook. I think like, and I'm sure 
GIA has like a bundle thing or whatever, or go see REIT at a conference because she'll put something together. She'll hook you up. Yeah. If they don't um, have one, they'll create one. Yeah. And I think like if you have that and can you imagine, you know, you're spending, I don't know, $150, maybe I'm, I'm bad Everything enough. you'll ever need. It's like, I am going to change hundreds of maybe thousands of lives right. with this $150 and I'm going to make some money. May I also, yes, and you're going to make some money. And may I also say, if you are if you come this route to teaching parent-child classes through First Steps in Music, you, as you said, there's a small investment on some of the books and CDs and DVDs so you get started, and that's it. Mm-hmm. The other early childhood music programs in the country are businesses. And if you decide to go that route, you will be paying a percentage yes. of every dollar you earn back to mm-hmm. that business. And you have to have, like, a lot of times you need, like, a franchise fee. and Oh, and let me say this, because I can say this. I'm so thankful that you do or don't do, depending on how you look at it, is... If a person is certified, so you go take a training course with one of the famed teacher trainers or John, and you get first steps in music train, in which you will learn about both infants and toddlers and preschool and beyond, um, once you've gotten that certification, you can write to fame and ask to use the the name the name first steps so for example i could say first steps in music with miss missy or dr missy and i will have some kind i can you explain is it a contract yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's 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 an agreement yes and it's uh, so it's an agreement form and we started this 20 years ago because people wanted to call their classes first steps in music i don't mind people calling their classes first steps in music but there is copyrighted curriculum and right. materials that are first steps in music. So if you're going to call it first steps in music, then you have to teach first steps in music. Sure. So this was a, just a legal protection to say, we will give you permission to use the title and the logo, first steps in music, provided you sign this piece of paper. And this piece of paper simply says, I will teach the first steps in music curriculum and songs and rhymes and whatever. You know, we don't want to say I'm doing a first steps in music class and then to be teaching music together classes right. or lessons. Or like, you know, I'm putting a karaoke time in the middle of the first steps yeah, in music. And, and, and in the agreement, it mentions just basic Yeah, uh, like a concept. It's folk music, sing for the class, not with the class, parents and children being taught together, stuff like yeah. that. So if you're going to go have a, a class and you're going to use all rock music in your class. I don't want you calling that of first course, steps in music. Right, right. No, it, Call so, it something else. So there's this little, and the thing that surprises people is no fee. It's free. There's no cost. No. This is just a protection that if out there in the world, that there's a consistency in programs that are calling themselves first steps yeah. in music, that they've agreed that they will use the first steps in music curriculum and materials. You don't have to get that title. Right. Anybody can run early childhood classes and Here's the thing that confuses people. You may use all, all of the, the First Steps in yep. Music materials. They are resources for every teacher to use whatever they want to call their if class. If you buy it, you can it, use it. You can use it. It's public domain. Yeah. So if a teacher wants to have a class and call it Mommy and Hugs or Mommy and Music or, uh, or Family and Music or Family Time Music or whatever, they, great. Right. And if they want to use all First Steps in Music stuff to do it, great. No paperwork necessary. Yeah, no, no exchange. There will fame. be no legal lawsuits. Right, There'll right. be nothing and no cost. And yay. If you want to call it First Steps in Music, that is the only thing we say. Well, we want then consistency in Absolutely. those that are calling themselves First Steps in Music. They have to all be curricularly yeah. true to. 
the program. So I'm going to say this for the dummies like me. You can, no matter what, if you, even if you don't get the training, if you bought the materials, it's not optimal, I'm saying. As a teacher trainer, that's just my opinion. But let's say you can't get to the training yet. You can buy this stuff and start a class, use the materials. You cannot call it first steps, blah, blah, blah. In music. If you would like to do that, what you need to do is get certified. You must be certified in First yes. Steps in Music. And then you send in a request to fame. Yes. And then you just sign the paper. There's no fee The executive involved. director checks the records. When you apply sure. to use oh, the yes. name, the, the executive director will check the records to be sure you do have indeed don't try to completed your First Steps in Music training. Yeah. And if you're retired, don't even think about pretend. Oh, wait, no. You better be retired if you say you're retired. You reti- know, no. this is a perfect thing for a person to do when they're oh retired. Oh, my gosh. This is what I talk to people all the time the about. Perfect. You know, you've just retired from your full-time job, and you're looking forward to nothing better than to not have that grinding schedule that yes. we all have in elementary school. And here's something you can do for two hours on Wednesday yep. or two hours on Saturday. So many people do bring this. bring in a little $16,000 yeah, a couple mornings, and it's the dollars. perfect Pay for your early bird dinner. <laughs> Hey, for your free hey, coffee. you're talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an early bird diner. Well, I, I think I want to thank you for that because I think that's proof positive of the fact that you are committed to the artfulness of our culture and of children because you could make a lot of money. Yeah, you know, I, I know. And I've been asked and several I bet times you have. <laughs> to, businessmen have approached me and asked me to take this in, and create the business yes. and I have said no those others are businesses yes, and that's I fine. am a college that's... professor and I am a scholar and my job is to provide materials for teachers and I hope that teachers find my materials valuable and want to use them God bless them yes. and then children will have better lives yeah do you know one of the first interactions you and I ever had was uh, formerly I was a director of a music ed program at a church, a big church. And um, I called a couple of different places just trying to cross my T's and dot my I's and said, you know, I'd like to use this music in the program. I was told no by one place, which was disheartening (laughs) to say the least. And then I remember writing to you thinking, okay, maybe this is just the way of it. Like everybody's going to say no, which is kind of kooky to me, but okay. And you were like, oh my gosh, of course, use it. I think it's fantastic. I have a great line from Pete Seeger. Pete Seeger said, steal my music, please. (laughs) It belongs to you. Yes. Yeah. Folk music, steal it. It belongs to you. Nothing would be more appropriate than for you to add it to your life. Except don't dub the CDs or the the DVDs. That's a different thing. Don't dub the CDs. Somebody took money and time to make those. GIA will come after you. Yes, and it gets... (laughs) Let me tell you about these GIA guys. can get ugly. so. (laughs) So I hope that people listening will seriously consider doing one of these things. Like, at the very least, how can I put a little blurb up on my website or send something in the PTO newsletter. You know, how can I just do small things? And I think, at least the way I work is, like when I start doing that small thing, I think, well, maybe I'll just do a little bit more. You know, maybe I'll do a class just to see what it's like, one or two, you know? And that's what happened to me. I thought, I'll just do one or two. And then suddenly, by the way, I did something in the summer. I did a four day, I call it baby camp. (laughs) So for four days, I had two groups, like so 
40 minutes for one group, then a 20 minute break, and then 40 minutes, a different group of kids for four days because it was all I could fit in my schedule. And I kind of thought maybe this is lame. Like maybe this, I don't know. And it got filled up so fast. And they were like, we sang these things all summer. We did. And I just thought, you know, I don't often subscribe to a better than nothing attitude, but this is like a step above better than nothing. A simple thing that would make that bigger than four days is to give each one of them a CD with the music. Absolutely. And the rest of the summer, they listen to it in the car or at the beach. And how many times do you hear, like I hear the the parents of the babies like, if I have to hear that, you know, if I have to do ride a horse to Banbury, you know, she always asks for that. So those are little things you can do. Another thing I do is I talk to my faculty. We have, you know, you know what it's like, people who teach in a district. In my school, it's just constant, like, pregnancy. <laughs> like, we just found out another person was pregnant. So I always give a song tale book, and I start saying, hey, do this, do this. Start to do those things, and you're going to see a difference. And then move to, maybe I'll do a class, and then Maybe when you retire or you even now, if you're doing a second job that you don't like or that's taking up so much time, not only could you supplement your income in a great way, you'd be doing something so fantastic. Good for children. Yeah. Les, the Lego Prize said, making the world a better place for children to live yeah. and grow. Because let me tell you something, it's not always looking so good in this world. <laughs> so please let us do something. A minute ago, you were mentioning, you know, if you wanted to teach infant toddler classes, here were some resources that you think would be critical for a teacher to have. Um, here's one more. If they've not had a chance to do the training yes, yet, the DVDs. there's the lectures. Online now, streaming. And now online. Yay. So you do, there's a set of five DVDs called First Steps in Music, the lectures. Lecture three is all about teaching infant and toddler yes. classes. Now, if you're really... I'd say get them all. But. Get them all, uh, especially the CDs one and two. Yes, I was They lead up say. to the background. Yes. One is all about why the repertoire is the way it is and how you can, too, choose repertoire that's developmentally appropriate. DVD two is all about the neurological development of children and the science, the psychology behind music. And then finally, in DVD three or lecture three, that's when we talk about the curriculum for infants and toddlers, how to make that repertoire and that psychology come together for the most effective development in babies. I'm going to I'm gonna make an addendum. So if I'm like, I want to get all the infant toddler stuff, you know, and so I would get the first three lectures, streaming, first mm-hmm. steps in music, the lectures, either, or you can get the DVDs if you'd like. The Lectures are just $10 a piece, mm-hmm. I think, on giamusic.com. I think so. So that, Infant Toddler, First Steps in Music, Infant and a Toddler book. It's purplish. Yeah, I call it periwinkle. Oh, peri- periwinkle. It's a type of Okay. Purple. That color. Get the three CDs that represent the repertoire. What's from- good about the CDs for the teacher is it's hard to learn all this yep. repertoire. It's a lot of repertoire. Yes, it is. But if the teacher is just mm-hmm. listening for a couple months before classes begin, listening right. to them in the car, That's how I you'll, you'll know them all yep. by the end of summer. Yeah, because I realized, for me, I'm like, I never do the infant toddlers. So I'm like, how am I going to learn all this? I don't know this? this stuff. And I got it. I got it on iTunes. I think I bought it. So get that. Go ahead. Get the Keeping the Beat. Yes, the CD, CD with the classical music for Keeping mm-hmm. the Beat. It's part of the lessons. And so yep. I guess you would go ahead and get that CD yep. as well. And Connie's First Steps of Music oh, in yes. Action DVD. Yes. And the Parent Handbook. The Parent, the new ha- yeah. Parent Handbook. I just feel like if you had all of that, okay, so maybe now I'm talking $200. Um, 
if you have all that, you, you literally could just like go find a space and make yourself a whole thing, you know, if you wanted to. Right. Or you could just start from your living room. Or if you lived here, you could have a big, huge class. <laughs> but um, is there anything else you want to say? No, infants and toddlers are a really special age, and we don't get much training in it in our college. Nope. Even as we had all those classes to know our subject matter, music, right. somehow in our music education programs, we missed what happens in human beings that yes. are younger than five. The most important The time. most important years. Well, I mean, I don't even know how to thank you. I'm speaking for everybody. Thank you. You're welcome. I know. We don't do a lot of emotion between us, but I'm just saying thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for changing the lives. I'm going to say we're you're not far from hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people's lives. Kind of. And thank a lot. you for providing um, this forum okay. to get the word out. You're welcome. It's amazing Cut what Missy Strong does all on a volunteer basis <laughs> to promote these ideas. Wait, I'm not getting paid? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, I can't wait to talk in the future. After these episodes air, we are going to have Connie on the podcast. And that's just, I think we're going to send people into a tizzy. Wonderful. Everybody will quit the public school system elementary jobs to start and teaching we this. will have but what a huge thing oh i know what i want to say one more thing people i've started to try to amass a list of everybody who has been doing something a first steps like program we want to have like a registry because i keep saying i'm tired of people asking me you know i want to go to a first steps class where is one and you know i live in iowa and I'm kind of like, I don't really know where one is in Iowa. Well, the executive director of FAME oh, recently okay. yes. was given over 300 mm -hmm. pieces of paper. Each one is someone who has asked for the permission to use yep. First Steps in Music for their classes. So yeah. we know out in the United States there, there are, are at least 300 <laughs> people that are teaching First yes. Steps in Music classes. So in the near future... We will compile that information, and we will start letting people know where those classes are. But even more, besides those 300, I want to hear from people who are doing it and not calling it first steps. Which would be wonderful. Because can you imagine if we can tell people, it just happened two days ago. Somebody's like, I want to take my baby. Where should I go? And there are some okay choices, and I don't mind, you know, but boy, would I love to be like, I have the place for you. You know, I've got the perfect place it's a first steps program i can feel 100 percent confident that i'm sending you and your child to the very best and i've gotten requests from parents who are, have been in my first steps program mm -hmm. and say i'm moving Oy. i'm moving to missouri where can i find a first steps program in missouri yeah, like first I'm of all where's missouri no wait no, that's no, me no. that's me not you so <laughs> there is a need as people decide that this organic health food approach to raising children in music um, we need to provide them with information about where they can attend classes. Yes, so send that in if you are doing that. We don't have your information. You can send it to me. Yeah, Missy, you yeah. can gather that up. Yes, and I will give it to the executive director. Great. Um, and I just want to say John Fireabin is the gluten-free guy I of am. music education. <laughs> I'm not only the health food guy, I happen to have... Gluten you're, intolerance. You're like, <laughs> you're like the vegan music No, I'm option. not a vegan. 
Sorry. No, I'm saying nothing your bad with vegans, but I love my is, protein. <laughs> your program is like the vegan. I'm kidding. No, it is. I, 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 it's the health food program. It's natural. It's organic. It came from people. It was all meant to come from people and go back to people. Yes. It was created by a community, not by a single person, and it's to perpetuate the continuance of community and, and fellowship through music and develop music skills while improving culture. Do you want a hug? Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much, and we'll talk to you again the next time. Thank you, Missy. You're welcome. All right. So did we convince you? Hopefully you're ready to at least dip your toe in and maybe do a free class or two for your faculty at school. Or at least maybe you'll be more bold when you're around the babies and toddlers in your life. Scoop them up, dance around, sing to them, or maybe even chant a rhyme. Make sure you have their permission and the permission of their parents before doing so. I hope you are encouraged to do this. And now you have the whole summer to think about how you might try to fit this in in the fall or the spring of next year. And don't forget, head over to the Tuneful, Beatful, Artful Music Teacher podcast Facebook page or our Twitter or Instagram accounts to ask questions, share your excitement, tell us how your classes are going, or just to say hello. And with that, believe it or not, we end the first season of the Tuneful, Beatful, Artful Music Teacher podcast. As with so many things in life, it's hard to believe we've crossed one finish line. I hope you've benefited from the show and that you've been encouraged, inspired, and provoked to think about how and what you teach. It's been a true pleasure doing this, and I look forward to our second season. But can I be honest? I just want to make it to the end of the school year, which I know I'm going to do in just a couple days. I hope you are having or will have a fantastic break that you'll get to rest, recharge, read some great books, listen to some great music, do a little binge watching on Netflix, take some awesome professional development, and get ready to do your part to create a more tuneful, beatful, artful world. 